Minnesota. What up? You're listening to the Sue Jeffers Show. Thank you for listening. I'm John Gilmore. Our Lady of the Airwaves is currently in California, where she'll be on a First Amendment panel at the celebration of the Pacific Legal Foundation's 45th anniversary of existence. And so I am guest hosting for her today. In the studio with me is another guest host on occasion, Howard Root. Good afternoon, John. We're proving that it takes two men to do what Sue does with one arm. That's really true of every woman. (laughs) Um, No, Sue is having one of the best weeks of her life. Uh, She would, I think it's fair to say, list the weeks in which she had her children as the ultimate best of her life, because that's just how cool she is. She has her priorities firmly in hand. But this is right up there. On Wednesday, she was in the Supreme Court of the United States as a named plaintiff. Minnesota Voters Alliance, Andy Silick and Sue Jeffers versus Joe Mansky, who is the head of Ramsey County uh, Elections. And it's a First Amendment case that she's spoken about frequently and we'll touch on later. But that is why she will not be here. Of course, her producer and my occasional producer for Gilmore and Guest Podcast, which I think is Growing Cobwebs, is Stan Poggle. Hi, Stan. He might be out smoking. He's just left (laughs) us on, 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 you know, automatic. We have a very interesting show for you today. Howard's going to be with me for the first hour. I'll be solo in the second hour, 4 to 5 p.m. But we have a couple of very interesting guests that we're pleased to have. Later in the show, uh, Pete Stauber, the Republican candidate, Uh, for Congress in Minnesota's 8th Congressional District will be calling in, and we'll talk to Pete about how he sees the race, what he makes of Stuart Mills not not running, and and how the prospects look for the red team uh, in Minnesota's 8th. Current uh, incumbent uh, Nolan is retiring, and so it's wide open. At the bottom of this hour, after our our 3.30 break, Kim Crockett will be joining us, It was Strong Conservative Minnesota Women's Week in D.C. because Kim Crockett was in the courtroom when the Supreme Court heard the union dues case. The name of it is Janice. And that's one that Kim can inform Sue's listeners about with respect to the issues and the likely prospect of uh, a judicial ruling. So a lot planned for the first hour. I have a couple of important, I think, uh, shout-outs to give throughout both hours, and I'll get to those as as time allows. Um, in the second hour, at the beginning, right at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, Rob Dorr of the Minnesota Gun Caucus will be calling in. Rob Dorr and Brian Stralzer have been doing yeoman's work, protecting and defending our Second Amendment rights. Uh, I don't own a gun. I think my biggest detractors would wish that I would, but no, you know, nothing doing. And whether you own a gun or not, you should support the Second Amendment. So Rob's going to give us a, an update and an overview of, of what happened at the Capitol this week. Two bills were heard in a House committee. Uh, it was something of a circus, but supporters of the Second Amendment turned out in droves. These are not AstroTurf. These are not uh, left-wing rental mobs that we see all too often in the Twin Cities for the social justice warrior cause du jour. Howard? Yes, John. How art thou? I am very good as the winter starts to leave us. I'm going to take a little winter vacation next week and get out of here for once, but uh, 
but you know it's going well are you going to share where you're going well i'm going to hawaii for a week with my wife and born yeah <laughs> sit on a beach walk a beach that kind of thing but uh just uh just at the time that minnesota gets nice that's when i decide to leave so so it goes I, i've never been to hawaii and i probably should change that um but I don't think there's a bad time to go to Hawaii it's because of the beauty that I'm told. Right. The weather's always the same, but there's a good time to get out of Minnesota. And uh, this is uh, probably <laughs> fits that requirement. Well, any time is a good time to get out of Minnesota, well, especially if we if we come a cropper in November for Republicans, right? You know? Well, yeah. And, and yeah. you, uh, last week in your column, uh, calling out Minnesotans. So maybe you do want to get out I for a little did, while. I did. I did. I had a column. And I... I negotiated with Alpha News when they asked me to join them last, not quite a year ago. And I said, okay, well, obviously, what I submit is what gets published uh, without excessive editing. If there's if I misspelling or, you know, inadvertent uh, grammar, that's fine, too. It's always good to have, you know, a couple of other pairs of, of eyes on a piece before you push publish. But I said, I get to write my titles. And for people who may not know, if you look at a newspaper, um, most likely, overwhelmingly, the odds are that that reporter did not write that headline. They submit their copy, it goes in through the editing process, then it's good to go, and somebody else slaps a title on it. So I think that's actually a way where media can give you two hits of bias at one time, both in the headline and then, you know, of course, in the content of the piece. So I wrote a piece called Does Minnesota Sock? And that isn't my normal style. And it's the first time I had something quite that blunt. But I think it worked with, with the subject matter, and, and it got a conversation going. Um, and, of course, um, every state sucks in some way or another. It does. Although, what was that listing that just came out where we were first? Um, I'm sorry. We were second. Iowa was first. Do you know who was dead last? No, I didn't. Courtesy of Tucker Carlson. California. Yeah. At bottom. You can you can list the states any way you want to. Uh, I, you know, I, I like the article. I mean, it was it was a good. Uh, I mean, it's obvious. There's things about Minnesotans that we all get weary of. Uh, but um, you know, I wasn't going to counter that uh, op-ed by John Gilmore. I did the week before. You when, did. You know, and then and that was you know this is the one thing I don't like about Minnesota Minnesotans is when you have a strong opinion and you put it out there. Uh, sometimes people read that as being a guy who's angry. And I don't think you're angry. I'm not angry. But right. we can have a disagreement, and we can go back and forth. I mean, I called you, I think it was incendiary provocateur, which I thought was pretty appropriate. It was kind of hilarious. Yeah. yeah and, Boyce Olson originally called me a provocateur in, in Morning Take, so I got so, to upgrade with you. Right. I just add one word. You no. Know, and and, and I, I don't speak often for other people because they should be able to speak for themselves. But since Howard is right here across the uh, <laughs> table from me, I think I can. Both of us were slightly uh, marveling at some reactions that we got to the effect of, well, are you guys still friends? It's head-scratching. It's like, yes, we're still friends. We have a different take on one candidate. Um, no matter who that candidate is, we're voting for that party in November. What's Do people really have falling outs over something? I don't want to say it's inconsequential. It's an important, serious issue. But to risk a friendship over that, I I was never able to to process that sort of of a reaction. Howard. Well, in in Minnesota, people do. Um, you know, they they remember who you went to high school with, and oh, relationships God. go back forty, fifty years. So right. there's all of that going in, and 
Um, I think showing people that you can have a disagreement about politics and the way we express ourselves and the positions we take without being disagreeable, it would be a nice elevation in this climate. I mean, that would be a very good improvement for Minnesota. And that's what you know I'm trying to do here. I know you're trying to do it, too, in a little different way. Um, but... Um, but it's you know it's something we need to do in order to advance the Republican cause as well because we're That's not right. going to have That's a right. monolithic opinion. Yep. We're not the Democrat Party where everyone has to step in line. We can have disagreements, but when you have a disagreement, we should not be just casting people outside the party or telling them they're evil. We should be talking about that and discussing it in a in a provocative way is great, in an interesting way is necessary. Yeah, um, I certainly agree. We have to win as Republicans in November. It's just that simple. So if Tim Pawlenty is our guy for governor, I'm all in. I've said that repeatedly. I'm I'm literally the last person in Minnesota because of how uh, I supported Trump in 2016, who can say, oh. A Republican who's not my favorite flavor is the candidate. I'm going to set this one out because I have, you know, elevated principles or something. No, it was nonsense with Trump, and it's nonsense if you do that with Tim Pawlenty. If you support Keith Downey or Jeff Johnson, or if you just don't like Keith Downey, Pawlenty, I mean, sorry, uh, Tim Pawlenty, you're going to have to realize that anything that Democrats give us, whether it's Tim Waltz, who is sort of everybody's favorite leading contender at the moment, but stay tuned, um, the Democrats will give us somebody who will be infinitely worse for this state. And coming off of eight years of Dayton, just like we came off of eight years of Obama, we're going to be in a world of hurt if we don't try to rally behind all of our candidates from uh, the Senate to the governor to the other statewide constitutional offices, uh, down to the House, uh, our listeners know because they're Sue Jeffers. Um, the Senate is not up. That's every four years. So we just have the House of Representatives and, and many other local races as well, city and county. Uh, and so uh, a big showing for the Republican, conservative, libertarian, what, whatever sort of tag or label that you would like, as long as you're not a, a leftist and a DFLer, you know, as Howard says, everyone should be welcome. We can have these discussions and we can have these disagreements. Um, when we come back from the break that I'm not quite sure when we're going to take, because Stan hasn't been whispering <laughs> sweet nothings in my ear, Howard, uh, we're going to have Pete Stauber on. But before we take that break, yeah. uh, one thing that I wanted to touch base with you, Howard, was Trump has done, yet again, a number of things. And he creates his own weather. And, and right. we genuinely haven't seen anything like this uh, politically uh, in our lifetimes. And... I find it all very exciting. I can understand where some people might get fatigued by it. Uh, but one thing that the president announced he was signing next week were import tariffs on steel and aluminum. 25% tariff on steel, 10% on aluminum. I know that uh, Congressman Nolan was doing handstands in, in the 8th District, so I'll be interested in talking to Pete Stauber about that. I know that the mining community was very excited about that. And the reactions, in some ways, fall along predictable fault lines. What's your take just on this limited uh, set of tariffs, Howard? Well, I, I love this kind of aspect of Trump, is that he's a, a business person, a strategist in a political world, which has woeful strategy, in my opinion. And everyone always looks at his first action and says, that's what he's going to do, that's what we need to go after, that's, that's what he's trying to get. And it's almost always not true. He's doing this as a opening salvo to get a discussion started to do something that's probably not what he's discussing right now. 
Um, tariffs as a general, I'm not in favor of them. I mean, my new business is a, is a pontoon boat company making a fiberglass hull pontoon boat. I would love to have tariffs on the competition who use aluminum for their pontoon boats. Uh, but that's not the way that we should be competing. That's not the way I want to compete. But there is a problem in international trade with the Chinese imports coming in that are state supported, that are undercutting our industries and destroying them. And the way to get that corrected is to have China address that issue. The way you get them to do that is you threaten to do something to them, which causes an action which gets you to where you want to be. But you have to start bold and then come back. You can't whimper your way up. And that's what I see Trump do time and time again. It's like with a cat with a laser pointer. Trump is using that laser pointer to put the red dot on the ground, and the press and everyone else is running around it, acting like they're just chasing it. Meanwhile, he's getting done what's behind the curtain. Now, We'll have to see what he's trying to do there, but I'm very encouraged that he's going to try to do something to get the Chinese um, uh, industry uh, better on free trade. Great. Thank you, Howard Drew. This is John Gilmore in for Our Lady of the Airwaves, Sue Jeffers. You're listening to the Sue Jeffers Radio Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Sue Jeffers show. I'm John Gilmore in for Sue Jeffers. And Stan, you pulled the wrong version of the arithmetic, so that's one demerit at your next review. Okay? I'll have to you tell Sue. You never specified you... which version you wanted. Was that the one you I hear on the radio? Mine. It uh, is, actually. I, there's this not is much a radio to read station. with me. I pulled it out of the See, uh, Here come the excuses, Howard. I'm, I'm yeah. with Stan on this one. I like that yeah. version. Yeah. Well, two to one. You lose, John. We're back, and what we want to do is get right to Pete Stauber, who's on the phone joining us. We thank him for calling in. Thanks for uh, taking the time. Thanks to Lonnie Leitner for facilitating this. And Pete, to your assistant, uh, Caroline, welcome to the Sue Jeffer Show. Appreciate it. Yeah, good afternoon, Howard. Good afternoon, Pete. How are you doing? Good, good, real good. Congrats to your brother on the gold medal for the Women's Olympics. That was wonderful to see. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, yesterday I had... Uh, a lunch with my brother and his wife, and uh, I've never seen a smile on his face. You couldn't wipe it off if you tried. It was uh, he was very excited, still very excited over that uh, Olympic win. Just very proud of him. Is this curling? <laughs> Is this curling, Howard? John, the Is U.S. It? women's hockey team won the gold medal. Okay, Rock that's Stauber a real sport. Okay, hockey yeah. is a real sport. It was a thrilling match, a Cur- shootout. You didn't even watch the ending. Not. I mean, you could see it on YouTube in 30 seconds. It was a great shootout goal. Pete, this yeah. segment is about you, but Howard is <laughs> hogging the limelight once more. Pete, uh, the only question for Republicans in CDA was whether Stuart Mills, who had won run, twice previously was going to get in this time around he recently said that he was not and you are the presumptive uh, endorsed candidate what do you think the politics this cycle for people in cd8 um, will consist of what are their concerns what is your campaign going to be dealing with and how do you win in november well the uh, you know the the, uh, the electorate is really concerned about the jobs in the economy that's a big, big part of uh, northeastern Minnesota and Congressional District 8. It's about jobs and the economy. Uh, we're looking at uh, the um, to have the ability to uh, continue our manufacturing, uh, look at immigration, 
concerns and issue, and of course, healthcare. That's great. You know, Pete um, Stuart Mills in his um, in his Facebook post said that he had looked at the hard data in this election cycle and his due diligence and decided it wasn't the right time to run. What is what do you see in your hard data on the CD8 voters and what you think about the Republican policies uh, there in 2018? Well, the, the fact is that I, I've said I, I'm a common sense conservative, and uh, the message is resonating. I have <clears throat> Howard. I have votes that people can look at as a county commissioner for uh, just under six years and then as a city councilor in Hermantown for eight years. You can see where my votes stand. You can see what I believe in. You know, I believe in small business. I believe in the industry. And I believe in the American worker. Yeah, that's great. So if you were in Congress and uh, and got in there, what, you know, in, in compared to what Rick Nolan's been doing the last uh, couple of years, what what do you think's the first thing you'd look at reversing from his perspective uh, to yours in Congress? Just the unnecessary un- and and uh, duplicative uh, uh services that are that are provided. It's one federal agency after another. Uh you'll just talk about the banking industry. It's amazing that our banking industries have uh, the, the amount of paperwork uh, trying to follow Dodd-Frank. Our community banks uh, spend about 30% of their time just complying with federal uh, regulators instead of getting out there and, and trying, to, uh, trying to loan uh, small business or entrepreneurs money. And it's just the federal regulations that are put in place by unelected bureaucrats in Washington is what I say. And so if you ever, if you ever own a small business or a manufacturing company, you know some of these uh, uh, unnecessary regulations that are, that are really uh, harming the, uh, the growth of our uh, small businesses. Right. Pete, it's John Gilmore. Um, as you certainly know, President Trump has signaled his intent to put tariffs on steel and aluminum imports into this country, 25% for steel, 10% for aluminum. Uh, what's your reaction to that? Well, I heard Howard give a great explanation, and uh, I think that uh, Howard's uh, spot on on that. This is, I think, the president's uh, wake-up call saying, okay, uh, uh, to China, you're not going to steal them. The American worker matters. And uh, we'll compete with anybody, and we want American steel as often as we can in our project. Like in St. Louis County, John, we have in our in our in our purchasing agreements, we every piece of steel on our uh, uh, bridges and our signs are steel made in the USA. Mm-hmm. Now there are a couple of exceptions on our motor graders. There's a blade that uh, that uh, we use a, a different steel on that does not come from. Uh, the United States, it actually comes from Canada because it's a harder type of steel that fits those motor graders. Sure. And so, uh, sure. But I, I want to use as, as much American-made products as we possibly can and, and for uh, uh, the Chinese to uh, dump their steel in our country. And uh, it's, just, it's just wrong. Yeah, and proud that's of right. President Trump for standing up. That's and right. Howard is right. Mm-hmm. Howard is right that this is... Howard's almost big. always right. Almost. <laughs> Well, I, I've known Howard for uh, a little while, anyways, and I think he's a brilliant individual. And uh, uh, I'm going to put a plug in for him. Uh, we've got just this. about—I know—he won't be able to get his head out of the <laughs> studio now. Um, Pete, uh, just—we've got about a minute left. Um, okay. And and FYI, the European Union is screaming bloody murder about these steel tariffs. Well, in 2016, yeah. October to be precise, the 23rd to be exact, yeah. the EU 
imposed on cheap uh, cheap Chinese steel a tariff. Was it 25%? No, it was 73% on cheap steel. So the EU is complaining about um, finally somebody in the White House standing up for the American uh, man and woman worker. Pete, what is your website if people in Sue's audience would like to learn more about you? Uh, sure. It's PeteStauberForCongress.com. It's simple. PeteStauberForCongress.com. Go on the website, see what we stand for, and uh, our message is resonating and uh, with support of a lot of great people. We're going to win in November. Excellent. We're going to win a victory in, uh, to this campaign in November. Well, I know Howard wishes you all the best, as does uh, Sue right. Jeffers' listeners and myself. Thank you for calling in. Thanks, Pete. You're, you're listening to the Sue you're Jeffers welcome. radio show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Jeffers Radio Show. I'm John Gilmore, joined with Howard Root, substituting for Our Lady of the Airwaves, who's getting ready to appear at the Reagan Library this evening to talk about the First Amendment while we still can, while it still exists. Yeah. Um, rights are very important because they atrophy if you don't exercise and support and defend them. We're fortunate uh, now to be joined uh, by phone by Kim Crockett. And Kim has been in D.C. this week. She's with the Center of the American Experiment, where she is vice president, senior policy fellow, and general counsel. She was in the Supreme Court listening to the arguments on the union dues case, the Janus case, and I asked her if she would take the time to let uh, Sue's listeners know the stakes involved in that case. Kim Crockett, welcome to the Sue Jeffer Show. Hi, John. Hi, Howard. How are you guys? Hi, Kim. We're great here. And Howard was talking smack about you off the air. Oh. I have no idea what was up with that. Uh, John, once again, spreading lies. Yeah, that's all I, I do. talking smack about him. There you go. That, I like that spirit. I like that spirit. Um, Kim, the, the um, background to the case is interesting because it involves uh, the death. Uh, I can't believe he died on us. I mean, oh, I cannot believe, Scalia. Uh, yeah, just, Scalia. yeah, Justice Scalia died on us. I mean, who authorized that? Anyway, um, there's some background that is of of interest that you could give to Sue's listeners, and then tell us uh, what you saw at the oral argument on Monday. I called this week "Strong Conservative Minnesota Women Week" in D.C. because you were out there, and was as was Sue Jeffers. Yeah, and a lot of great guys with us as well. It was it was quite a week in Washington uh, at the court for the First Amendment, and you know this is um, this is one of the better areas. The better this is this is better jurisprudence coming out of the court historically. You know, with the First Amendment, um, you know they don't always get it right, but but that's one area where you know the left and the right can sometimes come together. And, you know, with the case that Sue's been working on with Andy Silick and the gang with, um, you know, the, t- you know, what can I wear into the polls? You know, it kind of cracks me up actually that, that we have such strict rules. Um, you know, they were joined by the ACLU on that one, right? That's right. Yes, that's right. I was so happy to see that. Kim, Kim, what was that stake? What, yeah, what was that stake with the case that you monitored though? 
Well, right, and that's what I was getting to. This is where the left and the right, um, you know, just aren't in agreement at all. But this is a clear First Amendment case. It's called Janice versus Ask Me. And for your listeners who haven't heard about it, they might recognize the name Rebecca Friedrichs. She brought the case uh, two years ago. Um, that's the one where, um, well, I'll just explain what the legal theory is. Public employees have gone before the court many times over the years to say, we don't want to be forced to support a government union like AFSCME or Education Minnesota, um, you know, in order as a, as a condition of employment, because that's the current state of the law. If you want to be a school teacher or a police officer or city clerk, if there is a bargaining unit in your workplace, you're forced to pay at least fair share dues. Um, and in Minnesota, that's almost the same as paying full dues, 85%. Hmm. And what Mark Janis was arguing, just like Rebecca Friedrichs two years ago, is that all because all uh, public sector collective bargaining is political, it affects the size and scope of government, um, you, you're forcing me to speak. And under First Amendment jurisprudence elsewhere, they, they say you can't do that. So it's a, it's a simple and compelling argument. And uh, two years ago, when people walked out of the courtroom, I was actually there for that, too. Mm. Even the union said, ah, we're, you know, we lost. <laughs> it looks like the court's going to go 5-4. But as you said, Justice Scalia died. And they, because the opinion had not been published, uh, the, the case, um, you know, went for it, for it deadlocked. And so, and, and a deadlock has the a deadlock. Kim, sorry to interrupt, has the effect of upholding the decision of the yep. immediate lower the appellate circuit. court, the Ninth Circus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay. you know right. we know the Ninth Circuit, right? Yes, we do. Right, Howard. <laughs> yeah. So, Kim, Kim, it's Howard Root here, and um, is, is there any difference between this case and the earlier case? Is this the exact same no. issue? So, they get really. four. The only Not question really. is is Gorsuch, then, right? How he comes down yeah. in this vote. Yeah, and 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 now I have to correct Jen's introduction. I had planned to go into the courtroom because if there was one case I wanted to hear, you know, as a lawyer, it was this. You know, it was actually Rebecca's uh, or this one. Um, but we had so much good stuff going on out on the steps, including a school teacher who was with us from Minnesota named Aaron Benner, and I just oh great you know, and. and 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 Rebecca Friedrichs, uh, who's become a good friend, decided to stay out on the steps and and talk you know talk to union uh, members that showed up. Most of them were bussed in, of course. Um, you know they they kind of dial it in, but um, we decided to to stay out on the steps. And that's I that's kind of awesome, Kim Crockett. Like that in the morning. yeah, that's kind of awesome too. To stay outside so we, with we the discussion. We did the rally instead. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and it was wonderful. Um, so, um, we, Neil Gorsuch, I, I, did, I did listen to the oral argument last night mm-hmm. on C-SPAN. You, you can listen to it there. It's not, you know, you don't see the court because they don't admit cameras. Thank and God. I'm, I'm Thank God. Yes. 
but you can listen to it on C-SPAN, and it's fascinating. I, I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, I always am. We're not we're not um, counting on a win, but um, if Justice Gorsuch votes with the other four from last time that we that we're pretty darn sure uh, we're in favor of Rebecca Friedrichs, we'll have a five-four court. And uh, they they would be overruling themselves. It's a 1977 case called Abood, uh, and and hopefully they'd even go further um, than just overruling a really bad. Uh, what would you know? Yeah, precedent. Kim. What would what would going further look like? All right. So in, you know, in 1977, the court basically handed government unions. Um, a monopoly, and we've seen uh, we've seen the results of that. We, it's corrupted our public sector, right? Um, because when you but but Kim, uh, we only have limited time. I'm sorry to interrupt, but what oh. what what would what would you okay. what do you mean so, when you say go further than overruling a precedent, which itself is fairly substantial in in any jurisprudence? But, and it would be unusual, John, for, for them to do it because the unions have already taken measures to lock people in uh, like education minnesota did in minnesota you can read my wall street journal piece on it um they're trying to contractually trap public employees so that even if janice wins or the court says you don't have to uh you know pay fair share fees unless you find what the union does valuable they've they've had them sign renewal agreements that automatically renew every year and take dues out unless you you know stand upside upside down during a full moon sure uh, seven day sure sure stuff like that and so the the court was asked to to go further and and acknowledge uh that the unions are going to try these you know bureaucratic ways of trapping people so Kim, it's Howard here, and and you know it's interesting to me to hear the union's argument for why they need this law, and and they're basically arguing, aren't they, that if the employees are given a choice, they're not going to support their unions, and if they don't support the unions, the unions won't have enough money to do their political activity that they need in order to keep the power that they want. Is there is there any better <laughs> argument they're making than that? Well, that, that was what Kennedy said from the bench. He was the one that was really aggressive. Uh, and it's worth, it's worth listening to just to, just to hear Justice Kennedy. Cause he got them to admit that if they didn't have, a, you know, the same amount of money that they'd have less influence. And he'd say, isn't that the end, isn't that the end of the That's case? That's the end of the case. I saw yeah. that. I saw the that. In the, the yeah. Well, Kim, we're, we're winding up here, but thank you so much for taking the time and continued oh, best wishes to you and John Hinderocker, Tom Stewart, uh, Catherine Kirsten and everyone at the Center of the American Experiment. Uh, you have your annual dinner coming up next yeah. month, April 7th. April 7th. And you have the single most important person on television, in my opinion, which is Tucker Carlson. So have well, he's a cute. yeah. I mean, that's what's important, guys. He's kind of handsome. Okay. She lets us know you her know, value. This is a think yeah. tank, huh? Yeah. Hmm. You know, sometimes a field tank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once Rope. I got rid of that bow tie, I became a fan. There he's you go. Super smart. Super and, smart guy. Yeah. And if, funny. if anyone, if anyone wants to learn more, they can go to the Center of the American Experiment for more details. Details. Um, Howard Rood is buying a table because that's all he does these days. Oh, right, right. And he graciously offered me a seat, which uh, I 
I had to decline, although probably John will be happy because uh, I won't wa- I won't write a piece um, for Alpha News. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah you know, right. This is going to be the ultimate red pill. We had to get you out of the country to avoid you well, from doing if, that. If, if you yeah. think Tom Cotton's going to red pill that audience, just wait until Tucker Carl- Carlson strips the bark off the trees. But no, I'll be in Barcelona. But um, I hope oh. for a very successful annual dinner, as always, um, for people at the yep, Center of the American Experiment. Ticket. Yep. Right on the front page, on the right-hand side. Very good. Howard, Th- I'll see you there. Yeah, I'll see you there. And I think I'll give some tickets to Justice and Drew, so you might see them there as well, and maybe a couple of their oh, listeners. Like dial in so. now if you want a ticket. He's giving them away. <laughs> yeah. You, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. get them cleaned up, though, Howard. I, I know. Okay. And I have to stay uh, up yeah. late. It's time for a break. For it's, it's, it's a fortuitive <laughs> break. You're listening to The Sue Jeffers Show. I'm John Gilmore. Howard Root joining me. You're listening to Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and Jeffers show coming to you from Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. If you would like to call in and harass Howard Root for the remaining moments, that number is 651-989-5855. I'm John Gilmore in for Sue. And thank you to Pete Stauber and to Kim Crockett for calling in and informing her listeners about their respective areas. Um, it is going to be a very interesting year in 2018, uh, especially politi- politically, of course. Uh, Howard, I don't know if you've seen people characterize Minnesota as uh, ground zero for you know the midterms. I, I, I tend not to think we fit that profile, but it seems to be at least within the state and that cheerleading echo chamber that I loathe, it seems to be a developing talking point. Yeah, I think it's ground zero for the Republican opportunities in the uh, 2018 election because there's no state that has more opportunities for Republican pickups than Minnesota. But the Democrats really cannot run the table here because they already have the two Senate seats. They already have the governor position. And on the Congress side, they're not going to win against Tom Emmer. They're not going to, um, they're, they're not going to probably pull out against Jim Hagedorn. And so, uh, but the, the Republicans can win in the eighth. They can win in the seventh. They can win in the first and the second they should keep. Um, and they could win the governor in two Senate seats. I mean, they're all up. That's a potential. Now, I'm not saying it's all going to happen, but opportunity is what you want when you're in politics. I think that's what it starts. And then good candidates with opportunity can result in something good happening well at least we don't have the dumbest republicans in the nation wait wait we do we do have the dumbest republicans in the nation that really irritates people when i say it the 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 biggest misconception is that i'm making that personal to individuals i'm talking about the accumulated political acumen um the ability to see an opportunity and execute competently enough so that you know you uh, win and, yeah, we do have a lot of opportunities uh, to win. Um, in that regard, uh, Jake Duesenberg has paid me enormous sums of money to promote something new online for Minnesota listeners. And it is very interesting. It is something genuinely new. Uh, Jake and his companion, uh, Jack Rogers, uh, Action for Liberty. You can find them on Facebook. They have live Facebook events that Howard and I have both done our dog and pony show on. Uh, they have a podcast of that, an audio-only version, and uh, they do a lot of good work on on the right. Um, 
even though libertarianism is kind of an idiotic political ideology. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, the website is minnesotascorecard.com. And if you go there, what Jake and his allies have done is to list pending legislation and then let you know what people at Action for Liberty think of it and give you an opportunity and the tools on the website to contact your own uh, House of Representative member or senator, depending upon where the bill has been introduced and where it is in the legislative process. Now, the Minnesota Taxpayers League does a great job with their annual scorecard. People do pay attention to it. Uh, Margaret Martin, who I think very highly of, is largely responsible for that these days, I understand, at the League. Uh, but that comes out, I think, Howard, in, in October, and it's sort of an after-the-fact assessment. I think what Jake is trying to do here is to have a real-time scorecard uh, and something up to the minute. Right. I think I'd agree with part of what you said, as usual. The other part I'll just not comment on. But um, okay. I think what Jake and Jack are trying to do in Action for Liberty, and I've been up there to their events, it's, it's a really great grassroots organization. And what they're trying to do is to put some publicity behind the message and get, get a little common uh, communications along with a libertarian, strongly conservative message. And they do a good job with it. And I understand what they're doing here is really putting out that scorecard when it matters. After the session's over, who cares? I mean, you're going to forget about it. Now they've taken everything they've done over the last couple of years, put it out there and score them. Who's the conservative representatives? Who conservative senators? And who do they want to go against? And, you know, there's an advantage of being in the establishment. There's advantage of being outside the establishment. And Jake and Jack use their power outside the establishment to try to push the establishment to be more conservative and that's what I love to see in the Republican Party where we're trying to get better candidates we're trying to take better positions but at the same time there's the flip side of that coin we have to be winning elections so we can balance those two getting better conservative principles while getting better candidates that can actually win and then getting behind them at the right time and then pushing it to the victory line. And I love what they're doing in Action for Liberty, and Jake and Jack uh, are, are, are wonderful people in that area. Yeah, they, they really are. They do a lot of work. So check out uh, mnscorecard.com. It's just in its early phases. There will be more content added. Uh, I spoke briefly with Jake yesterday in order to uh, promote him. Or was it this morning? I can't keep track. And uh, it's certainly an effort that I think will find a receptive audience. And part of why we wanted to promote it on Sue's show was to bring it to that wider audience. So so good for them. And stay tuned for you know additional developments. You can sign up for a newsletter. It's at the very top of the website. And I would encourage you to do that because then they'll do a lot of the work. It'll come into your inbox and you can take it from there. Uh, one other thing, speaking of hardworking activist Howard Root, and it's somebody that you know because you were in the medical device uh, industry famously with Vascular uh, vascular Solutions, is Twyla Braze, right. who's head of the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. You can go to Facebook under Twyla's individual account or the CCHF uh, Facebook page, and the website is cchfreedom.org. Yes, Twyla, I made sure I got that right. She's put out an alert, which is very concerning, and there's legislation that's been introduced by Senators Pratt and, unfortunately, the Majority Leader, Paul Gazelka. I have no idea what the Senator is thinking, and I know that uh, a lot of people who know him or are his constituents listen to this show, 
As I understand it from Twyla, who is the gold standard when it comes to privacy and data, this legislation vitiates, completely upends, goes around uh, the very strong patient data protection that Minnesota has. Twyla never tires of saying that Minnesota genuinely has one of the strongest sets of laws protecting your medical privacy. This legislation gets rid of those impediments by allowing the data to be used uh, in, in a surreptitious way, and it simply guts the strong privacy protections uh, that we have here. So if you can go to the website, go to Twyla Braze's Facebook page, or the Citizens Council for Health Freedom on Facebook, you can get more information. And unfortunately, it's the usual suspects who right. apparently are promoting this legislation, the Chamber of Commerce, the Minnesota Business Partnership. She told me the bar is weighed in on this. I have no idea what they're doing there either, but it doesn't seem to be very good. And in fact, Twyla's of the opinion that it would be catastrophic for your privacy rights. And at this show, we take her very seriously indeed. Right, and that's uh, what I love about Twyla and her organization is she's willing and able to go deep into the weeds. And in healthcare, we can talk about big picture issues, but if you don't get into the actual details, you miss the important part of it. And Twyla talks about her wedge of health freedom, and she's got pushback on a lot of different areas of government overreach in healthcare. I saw it from the medical device side, what the government can do to degrade our healthcare system. Um, and Twyla is seeing it more from the provider side. And you put that together, and you can have an effective counterbalance to this constant refrain of government needs to do more in healthcare. Government's responsible for our health. Government's responsible for people doing the right thing. Frankly, there needs to be more and more pushback, and it has to be grassroots. And, and Twyla is one of the few people who's able to do that. With her knowledge and her organization, she does a great job. It's not interesting. It's not sexy. But it's a wonderful organization, and I applaud her for getting involved on this issue as well. Because otherwise, if you lose your privacy, the government's going to give up your records, and that's not a good thing. That was almost as well said as if I had said it home. That, 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 was, that was very well said indeed. Well, we're winding down on our first hour, Howard Druid, and you're going to take your helicopter back to your, your manse uh, in Tonka Bay. Thank you for helicoptering into beautiful St. Louis Park. Any, any parting thoughts about, uh, well, strike that. As you sit here at the very beginning of March, what what are your thoughts looking to November with those Republican opportunities you earlier spoke about? Right. Well, you know, I, there is no crystal ball here and things change on a dime. But right now, I'm excited about the opportunity, maybe Tim Pawlenty getting into the governor's race to give us another option. I think that's going to be a good development because it'll increase the energy. Uh, from a business person's perspective, I know that the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. And if the state of Minnesota is indifferent about the Republican candidates in 2018, we're going to lose. Palenti coming in already is drawing fire. He's already elevating the game. It's already getting Jeff Johnson more well-known and Keith Downey more well-known. And it'll make for an interesting convention. If I see that happening, I think I'll be excited. On the Senate side, you know, Karen Housley's coming on strong. I think she's got an opportunity to make a name for herself. Uh, Jim Newberger has been in for a while. Now it's his time to, to amp up on that. And then uh, Jason Lewis has been constantly impressing me with his ability to connect and getting reelected. I think uh, he's got a strong lead there. So I'm encouraged, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Great. That's an expert uh, summation, Howard. Thank you very much for joining me this hour. I'd like to have you and Kurt Zellers back on the podcast. That was a very good... Oh, that'd uh, be great. Yeah, that was a fun group. 
You've been listening to Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.